0: They're handing out some name tags for you, and you put them on, they'll make sense later, or at least they hope they'll make sense later as we move through this service. Uh, We're going to talk about serving today, and and a lot of thoughts go through my mind when I start thinking about serving in the church. Uh, You know, one one thing that came to my mind was my dog. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dogs require a lot of service, and uh, dogs are expensive, and all God's people said, if you have a dog, you know what I'm talking about. Dogs are expensive, and yeah, there's Kobe and Spencer, and. Uh I, I was out in a dog park with him when he looked about like that, and there was another golden doodle there. And I, said, uh, I asked the guy, I said, is that a golden doodle? He said, yeah, is that a bear? And uh, so, so Kobe is, is quite the little beast, and he's expensive. I, I've paid more for his medical bills in the last year than I have for mine in the last 10 years. And, and so he, he's expensive. He, he eats a lot of food. I don't know if he eats as much as Spencer eats, uh, but, but he does eat a lot of food. He's pretty costly. And, and I eat food. Our, our dog is, is, is a multicultural and multi-dining um, uh, dog. He will also eat drywall, and he'll also eat uh, uh, trim. And so at some point, I'm going to have to have trim boards and, and drywall replaced in our house. Uh, we, we've come to think that he, he he chews on it because he's nervous. And uh, when we're gone, he does it out of anxiety. That's right. I've got a dog with anxiety. <laughs> But he chews things up, he's expensive, and and then we took him to get his hair cut and uh, that's where I drew the line in the sand. I'm not going to pay more for that dog's haircuts than my haircuts. And uh, and so I went and I bought some clippers and decided that I was going to do it myself and so I've been I cut the dog's hair myself and he ended up with some nicks and because he ended up with some nicks, so I ended up with some nicks because trust me, every time I took a little piece of him, he took a little piece of me. And so, uh, uh, so I've been doing that on my own and you know, it's a stretching thing. When you do these things on your own, there's there's a stretching to this. It's 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 not easy. You know, we, we live in this age of specialization. Where, where, where everybody is specialized. If you go to the doctor, you, you, the doctor sends you to a doctor to treat you to the things that you went to the doctor for, right? You don't just go to the doctor anymore. They send you the foot doctor or this doctor or that doctor. Everything is specialized in, in our world. And we live in a lot of ways like specialists. Very few of us still do our own car work. Maybe a handful of us still do our own car work. And, and, and very few of us still do our housework we usually subcontract that out and even the smaller things and in some ways it makes a lot of sense not not to do these things uh, it would probably cost me more time and money to change my oil than to have somebody else do it uh, I, I think back in the days uh, man I'm, I'm so old when I start using that back in the day uh, but I can remember back in the day when I'd change my own brakes and do all sorts of work on the car that I wouldn't even dream of doing now it's because sometimes you need specialized tools and it's just not as easy, but but we, but we tend to not do things that we used to do. And it stops us from being stretched. And those tasks and, and, and taking care of my dog and shaving my dog, can I tell you that stretched me just a bit? And, and we do those things it stretches us. It causes us to rely on other people. We, we have to reach out for more information. And oftentimes, the, the excuse for not to do difficult things is not that we can't do them or it's not more cost effective, but, but it's deemed less productive or less pleasurable. And unfortunately, oftentimes, we see that applied in our service at a church as well. Now, now, we're going through this Ecclesia series, and, and we're working with this idea that the church is God's instrument to allow us to escape meism and live for something greater. And, and so, the, the whole idea of God, God puts us in community, and in community, it stretches us. It causes us to, to, to be pushed away from just worshiping ourselves. And it's in the church body that, that we are stretched beyond ourselves. And one of the ways that we're stretched is service. And serving others and serving in the church and serving outside the church. Uh, in service, we exhibit a willingness to be used beyond our comfort zones. Now, now the truth is this: God invites us to be a part of in the building of the kingdom. And so we're not called to be passive observers of the kingdom, but instead God calls us to partner with him in the building of the kingdom and partner with him. And so there's this, this call to action in being a part of the church. Several years ago, I, I ran a, um, a 10K with my brother Bobby in Kentucky. It was the Lexington 10,000. It was a pretty cool uh, little race because they had a guy dressed up like Daniel Boone that shot a musket off uh, to start the race, so that was kind of cool. But, but as we were running, if you've ever run in one of those races, there's always a lot of people in the neighborhoods that come out and cheer you on. You know, They got signs, and they're yelling, they're clapping. And, and, and my, my little brother who was running with me had this interesting perspective he he said isn't it cool that these people will come out and support us like that and I guess maybe I'm a little bit more cynical or a little, a little bit different than Bobby in my thinking I said I think it's the dumbest thing in the world uh, that, that if you're going to be out at 7:30 in the morning in this weather why aren't you running the race And I think the truth is that oftentimes we settle for being passive observers in the church when God is calling us to be active participants and to participate what he's doing in the kingdom. Now, as I was drawn to this series, really this this whole ideal, uh, this ideal of, of God is calling you as much or more than he's calling me you know, we tend to talk about the call, and the call is this thing that God does in the life of a pastor. You know, I'm called in the ministry, but, but God is calling you too. And so the, so the, the vision or the, the draw of this series was that, that I'm concerned that in the modern church, we have become so reliant on pastors and leadership and on a few, and we've begun to observe those people, and it's led to a church that's consumer-based. It's about what the church can do for me. And when the church can no longer do the things for me that I want a church to do, I go and find another church that is more apt to meet my needs. And I believe we're missing the beauty of what God's trying to do in this place. That that God is calling us to be stretched. And not to be satisfied with allowing others. Not not to simply become a consumer of the church, but but to be consumed by the mission of the church. Not to be reliant on pastors and other leaders, but to allow God to use me. And and in Ephesians, the the phrase that is used is saints or holy ones. And and so in this place, this is not about me activating you to my mission and my vision, but it's about me as a pastor equipping you for your vision and your mission. And so when Ephesians talks about God's dream is bigger than anything we can imagine for us, he's not just talking about what I think and what I want, but he's talking about what he wants in your life. And these things happen. Through service. Now, now oftentimes in the church, when we call for people to be involved, uh, what we will think or what will say is someone else will do it, okay? Now I want you to look at your name tag. What does it say? Say that with me. I am someone else. Say it with me. I am someone else, okay? So I told you this would make sense. Uh, and as we work through this series, God is not calling someone else. He's calling us. He's calling us to be involved, us to serve. Well, we see this in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the whole body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is, Christ." From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, now there's, there's several things in this passage that, that I want us to see this morning. The first thing is this, everyone has a part to play. Everyone in this room, as you're hearing me speak, everyone in this room has a part to play. And everyone's part is unique. That that you make up a unique part of this body. and, And when you don't do your part, the body is hurting. And the body is lacking. You know, it's easy for a pastor to fall into just doing everything. This cord stuck to my foot. Look at that. There he goes. To fall into just doing everything. And one of the lessons I learned in the ministry very early on is... It's often I can do things, but if I start and just do it, then unless I continue to do the same thing, sometimes they aren't done. And so it's important as a pastor that I encourage you to find your role, your place of service. You know, I think of the ideal of, of, of visiting shut-ins and, and visiting those that, that can't get out as, as much, you know that that is something I do as a pastor but but people other than pastors can do that. When someone's sick in the hospital, it's not just the role of the pastor to go and encourage. And it's not just the role of the pastor to check on people once they become shut in. As a matter of fact, it's the role of the body. Can, can, can I tell you that when you do those things, you're, you receive more blessing than you give. <laughs> and you're missing out on the blessing you can receive for 30 minutes of your time. It was, it was good to see Tony up here playing bass, and, and his, his grandma was one of the all timers. I mean, many of you remember Gladys Castle. And, and so I would visit Gladys when she wasn't in Florida enjoying the hot weather. But I'd visit Gladys, and, and Gladys was unique in that when I would visit Gladys and I'd pray for her, Gladys would pray for me. <laughs> the, the only person I've ever visited that's done that, but I would pray for her, and then she'd pray for me. And it wasn't, it wasn't ordinary prayer. It was King James prayer, let me tell you. Oh, thou God, would you please blesseth, Pastor Paul. And I'd sense God's presence, settle in, and realize she was praying for me. See, that's a blessing that I received that was beyond me. That that, that others could have received that blessing as well. I'm so thankful that there's so many in our church that are participating in this ministry. We have a ton of people, uh, Terry Moore and Gene uh, McBride, and, you know, I'm not going to try to say all that. There's a ton of people in our church that are actively involved in ministering to shut-in folks and people that are sick, and, and I'm thankful for that. It's not, I'm not preaching this message because we don't have anyone doing it, but, but I just believe that if there's, there could be more involved and what a blessing it would be for you and a blessing it would be for others. See, we have a place for you. And it doesn't take a master's of divinity to go see someone and pray with them and spend a few minutes with them or take them a meal. See, Gary there, Gary's involved in hospice ministries. And Gary goes and ministers. And Gary, it's just a matter of being there, isn't it? blessing. God can use us if we make ourselves available for service and God can stretch us. See, we think someone else will do it. Uh, someone else will do it. But you're someone else. Say that. I am someone else. When I say it, just, just don't make me pull that out of you, okay? Let's do it one more time and then you'll know. When I point at you, I am someone else. I am someone else. You know, I, I think about leading people to Jesus. And you realize that people other than pastors can do that, right? <laughs> uh, do you realize that, that it doesn't have to be in a church, but it can be anywhere? Do you realize people don't have to come to an altar to get saved, but, but, but God is big enough to save people right where they are? <laughs> do you believe that? I had some people many years ago that there was somebody in the hospital, and, 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 and they, were, they were wanting to have a preacher come and share the gospel with them. And I said, you share the gospel with them. You, you share, the- oh, pastor, oh, pastor, that's, that's beyond me. No, no, no. And so I went, and I led the person to Jesus. It, it was like, you ever hear the phrase? It was like shooting fish in a barrel, I mean, they were so ready to receive Jesus that all they needed someone to do was walk them through it. And I told the people later, I said, you know, you missed it. Yeah. You know, you know I, I'm blessed any time I get the opportunity to do that, but that was your blessing, <laughs> that, that you didn't need a pastor, <laughs> that, that you would have had the opportunity just to kind of walk through taking, some, leading someone in faith. See, he gives us opportunity. And it's not someone else because I am someone else. You guys are almost getting it. <laughs> you know the hospitality ministry we need to welcome people. And, and we have many that are doing such a good job and Terry's leading that in such a great way And but, but, but we need to welcome people and make sure they know we want them to be Part of our body right that 's an important thing. First impressions matter, and, and what we do when people first walk in our doors has an effect and and, and we need you we, we, we 're manning the door and, and Terry actually said after this morning service that that she has that door now filled, and now they 're starting to fill this door but but we 've not filled it completely. We have multiple entrances and, and right now we just do the one door, and so we need more people that could just spend. 30 minutes, and greet people as they come in. Let, let me, we're we're going to do a test, okay? Can you say this? Good morning, how are you? Good oh, <laughs> you, you guys are qualified. <laughs> what, what about this? Okay, let's try this. Pretend there's a bulletin in my hand. Good morning, how are you? Can you do that? I, that was harder, wasn't it? Try it with me. Good morning, how are you? You are all qualified See, 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 I I think this is something that that anyone can do. I don't think everyone has to do it, but it is something anyone can do. And if God's leading you that way, God God will use that as an opportunity to stretch you. He'll move you. He'll grow you. And, And so, this isn't for someone else because... Uptown Friday Nights. Oh my goodness. What, what an awesome thing. And you guys came out in droves. You supported Emily, and I know she appreciates your support and what you did. We had two people uh, that, that were, were definitely someone else <laughs> throughout this. And we are going to honor we honored uh, Rodney in the first service. We're going to honor Nancy Thompson. If you'll come up, we're going to honor her in this service. Go ahead, Emily.
1: Um, So we just wanted to take a couple minutes to recognize a couple pretty special people. Like you said, Rodney in the First Service and Nancy. Um, Every summer, all summer long, Rodney and Nancy give their time and talents to paint faces on kids in our community. And each summer, at the beginning of the summer, I just email Rodney and Nancy the dates and they just lovingly show up every time there's a Friday nights uptown and they sit there and paint faces on these kids for hours and it's always the star of the show if you've ever been up there if you see a line a mile long that's the face painting table because all the kids want their face painted by Rodney and Nancy because they do such an amazing job and I'm so thankful for their loving willingness to just serve our community, love on these families. Um, I feel like our number one job as Christians is to be pointing people closer to God, right? That should always be our goal. Like, how can we point people closer to the Lord? And I feel like Rodney and Nancy are doing that in a really big way, Um, not only at Friday nights uptown, but also yesterday at Fall Fun Fest. They were up here painting faces for hours yesterday as well, Um, and the kids love it, and I just feel like it's such a wonderful expression of love to those families, and I'm so thankful that you guys are willing to do that so thank you
0: I would say that's probably a specialized gift there Uh, I don't think they want me painting their faces Uh, but we do appreciate that that Rodney and Nancy have decided that they're not gonna wait for someone else but but they're doing it Uh, the second thing is this in healthy bodies all parts work toward the well-being of the whole and we look at our own bodies and we can see that, that when one part starts to fell, it affects all the other parts. That, that as we have issues in, in our physical body, it doesn't just affect that, that body part that's affected. When I, when I was in college, I began to have pain in my right foot. And so the doctor sent me to have an x-ray, and the x-ray order was for the left foot, the wrong foot. And so, you know, I said, well, it's my right foot that's hurting. And they said, well, we'll just do both. And so they x-rayed both feet. And what they found was there was a broken bone, not in the right foot, but the left foot. And I was having pain in the right foot because I was favoring it over the left foot. And see, in the body, when we all don't do our part, it affects not just the party who's not serving, but it affects us all. And so there's an effect when we fail to be fully a part of the body. And the third thing is this, formation occurs in serving. As I read through this passage, it's through serving that we're stretched and regrow. This means that we will never reach the level of maturity we want unless we answer God's call to serve. Now, Now the truth is, if you're here on a Sunday morning... And I think this is more and more. If people are in, in church on a Sunday morning, as a matter of fact, I was just talking to somebody this morning, talking about what they want to see in their life. Most people in this room want to grow. You want to grow in some area. You want to be more loving. You want to have better relationships. And, and you you believe... If you're here, most of us believe that that serving God, loving God, being a part of a church, this is a place that will help us move into better or greater maturity. In a lot of ways, it's a call to someone else. (laughs) And so when we wait for someone else, we allow God we do not allow God to mature us into the person He's wanting us to be. I'm thankful for the people in my life, and, and this has been a retrospective series for me because I've thought about churches. I'm thankful for the people in my life that have encouraged me to serve. And I can't think of any instance where I've served where i thought, man, that was, that was not worthwhile. I think at Vandalia Church of the Nazarene, my brother Virgil uh, was the pastor there, and in and, and a brotherly way, he encouraged me to serve in a first grade class with a special needs student. And, and, and I can remember the stretching that was for a 23-year-old kid as I tried to deal with something I'd really never dealt with before. At Tri-County, Dan would just put us in the areas, and that's that's that was the training ground, was serving. And and so I was an usher at Tri-County. I was head of the ushers. I did the, the kids. I did quizzing, teen and kids quizzing. Uh, I, I was a Sunday school teacher. I was a children's director. And all those areas, I, I didn't go into those areas prepared, but it was in the service that God prepared and used me. And these acts of service was a way that God grew me into the person that I've become. Uh, that, that, that I am a more mature follower of Jesus Christ. That, that, that I believe because I'm a mature, more ma- mature follower of Jesus Christ, I believe my relationship with others is better, my life is better. Do, do we believe our life is better when we grow in maturity with Jesus Christ? I believe my life is better because of the maturing of my faith, and that would not have occurred without stepping out and serving in sometimes uncomfortable roles. Can I tell you, someone else and the temptation to think someone else, I don't believe that's from God. I believe someone else is a temptation from Satan. I, I believe that that, that, that it does not come from God, that this temptation to not be involved. I'm reminded of C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters, and these are a letter between a, a demon and, a, and an older a demon, and he's giving him temptation, and, and the, the older demon says uh, the key to temptation is not the big sins, but distraction says, you'll find that anything or nothing is sufficient to attract his wandering attention. You no longer need a good book, which he really likes, to keep him from his prayers or his work or his sleep. A column in the advertisement in yesterday's paper will do. You, make, you can make him do nothing at all for long periods of time. And then it goes on to say, indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signpost. Serving. Being willing to serve takes us off that road. That gentle road of distraction that keeps us from seeing what God wants to do. You know, they used to say that in churches, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's, that's what they used to say probably 20 years ago. I, I would say that's probably shifted more dramatically. Todd, you think I'm right that I think you'd probably say 10%, probably do 80% of the work in in a lot of churches. What what I'm thankful for is we're not one of those churches. (laughs) You you guys are weird in a lot of ways. Uh, You're unusual. Sometimes it's good to be weird and unusual, right? And in this way, you are. In, In this church, what I have found is the majority of people, most people, find a way pretty quickly to plug in and to serve. Not everybody, but most people in this church is, it, it are involved in serving. And, and so this appeal is not to come from the majority to the minority, but this is an appeal to join us. That, that God is trying to do something special and unique and new through a unique group of people who are willing to serve, who are willing to do things that are a little bit stretching and we're inviting you to join us if you've not found a place of service. You know, when we when we do the all-in things, there's, every time there's literally dozens of names that come to mind of people who demonstrate all-in. And so we're inviting you. We're encouraging you. If you've not found a place to see me, to, to, to see Pastor Josh, to see Mara, because there's so many different ways you can serve. Are you settling for less than full participation? Really, as we we 've been trying to find a um, a uh, a centering action and all these seri- all, all the sermons in the series any, any of our ministries you could talk about because it all involves serving right? You understand that? You know we talked about kids ministries, we talked about youth ministry we, we need people to serve in those ministries we, we talked about our loving ministry and, and that includes our, our visitation to shut-ins, it includes our, our meals for people in need it includes our funeral dinners it includes our fellowship dinners it includes uh, the, in a lot of ways the, the, the table on that we're we'll be having tonight, and includes our growing ministry, our discipleship ministry, and but but today we're going to emphasize the going ministry, and the and the card on the back ministry on the back screen deals with the going ministry, which Emily Lauterbach uh, so graciously, her and Clint are are leading, doing such a great job. Em, Emily's doing. Unbelievable things. And she's making a difference in our community. And other churches have taken notice of Emily. Don't let them sway you and try to convince you to go there, okay? We love you here, Emily and Clint. Uh, But the serving ministry, uh, the, the Serve Day, has involved, I believe, how many churches? Seven churches? Seven churches in our community served together uh, two, two years in a row. And that was Emily. That was Emily. I wasn't your pastor. That was Emily that, that headed that up. And, and so she's, she's, she's got a heart for our community. And, and so right now, the, the, the main thing that she does week to week is these meals for single parents. And so this is once a month. You meet on a Tuesday night, yeah. you prepare the meal. And then you go out and serve the meal to, for for a single mother with, with families, and and, and so. Maybe you could be prepared in the, in the cooking. Maybe you could be, prepared, 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 be a participant. That's all, folks. Uh, maybe you could be a participant in, in the delivery. Uh, there, there's anywhere between seven and ten families that we've served in this, and we're always looking for more families that we can serve. Uh, but, but, but if you'd like to be involved in that, there's a place on the card you can check off and see Emily, and she'd love to plug you in. We could use you in that ministry. Uh, and the, It also includes the work and witness trip next week, is the, the $100 deposit for the work and witness trip. If you have any interest in that, I encourage you to do that. Upward basketball is starting up, and we'll need people at the church. We're, we're kind of waiting and seeing what the turnout will be for upward basketball. And, and then we included on the card this, a go team. <laughs> Uh, I I made that up. I thought it was pretty cool. Nobody else seems to like it. If you'd like to be part of the Go team, and and the Go team is this. the, The Go team is just a list of people that Emily could send an email out when there's special things. Uh, you know you'll you'll get information about the single uh, mother's ministry but but every once in a while we'll have just something that will come up that it's not a week-by-week thing but it's just a unique opportunity and if you would like to be part of that team so you could know when there's opportunities to serve just mark go team and make sure we have your email and we'll make sure we include you on that now that this is one of these interesting sermons um it would be very awkward to try to have an altar call right now. I don't know. It, just, it does not feel like it. Does it feel like an altar call sermon to anybody or anything? No. What I'd like you to do is go home and think about this. Are, are you serving? Uh, and if you are, are you growing? Uh, service leads to growth. And, and oftentimes in the church, I find that people will say, well, I just don't feel like I'm growing. And one of the first things I ask is, are you serving? Because what I have found in my life is service always leads to growth. Service always leads to growth. And so if you want to be the person that, that God's called you to be, there's only one, there's only one path to it and it includes us being involved in, in
1: many different ways and many different ways of serving. Pastor Bob, come and close us in prayer.